This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. If you want to hear me bitch, you got it. Instant reaction. Nets lose game three of the Bucks. I don't give a damn what the final score was. I forgot. Who cares? Neither team scored 100 points. Um, this sucked for so many freaking reasons. And let me start with a guy I love. A guy I love. A guy that was a hero in this game. A guy that was a big part of the Nets' ability to come back after they got off to that dreadful start. And that's Bruce Brown. Oh, Bruce Brown actually hit the floater that ended the 0-7 that started the game when they were down 9 nothing. He was great defensively. He's forcing jump balls. He's getting offensive rebounds. I love Bruce Brown. I always love Bruce Brown. But the one thing Bruce Brown cannot do, and he has to understand this, is take the most important shot of the game. And that was not a play drawn up by Steve Nash. Let's not act stupid here. There was a mess of an inbounds pass. Luckily, they didn't turn it over. Kyrie Irving was able to eventually secure the basketball, got it to Bruce Brown. There's eight seconds on the clock. There is no rush. And Bruce Brown, instead of trying to find Kevin Durant, who, I don't know, just hit a three with a minute 23 to go that put him up by three, caused me to jump out of my seat, caused me to expletive all over the place, caused me to tweet ferociously, which I shouldn't have done because the game certainly wasn't over. You've got to get the ball in the hands of Kevin Durant. And Bruce Brown took it upon himself, because this wasn't a drawn-up play. Says, ah, broken play. I got a lane. I'm going to drive to the basket. But you're Bruce Brown. That's the problem. And I love him. All right, seriously, I love Bruce Brown. I'll give you all the descriptions of everything he's done this season, and I already gave you a little bit of what he did in Game 3. But there is no freaking way, with seven seconds to go in this game, Bruce Brown has the ball in his hands. Now, I'm not mad about the Joe Harris play, because Joe Harris had a wide-open look with 50 seconds to go up by a point. And he missed it. That's really what it comes down to. Joe Harris missed the shot. Joe Harris is a big part of this team. I'm not demanding he can't see the basketball in the final minute of a game. If the Nets are going to win a title, there are going to be moments where Joe Harris hits a big shot. That was a fine look. I'm not bitching about that. Kevin Durant got it to Joe if memory serves correct. He was open. He missed the shot that had a chance to put him up by three with less than a minute to go. So I'm not bitching about that possession where I'm bitching right now. And I'll get to other aspects, I guess. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how much time I want to talk. 
I'm in a pissy mood. They lost this game. I'm pissed off that people text me who never text me about the Nets. Didn't text me, hey, congrats, you're destroying the Bucks in game two. And all of a sudden now want to poke me. Don't freaking, yeah, here's the rule. If you don't text me after they win, don't text me after they lose, okay? And I'm not talking about Craig. Craig's done nothing wrong, actually. I haven't even seen, I haven't received any message from him. Because you know why? Because he knows better. He's not a dipshit like some people. I'm not going to name any names. You don't even know who the people are. It's irrelevant. My point is, that just, that just is another like, you know, screw you, basically. Just get away from me. I'll give you a name. Lou Gower, our producer. I don't hear from him when the Nets win. And he texts me, that was brutal. Shut your mouth. Oh, I don't know it's brutal. I need freaking insight from you or anyone else telling me it was brutal. Shut up. I don't care what you think. That's the other thing. I don't care. If I'm not texting you throughout net games, then honestly, I don't give a crap what you think. I'll probably apologize tomorrow. I'm just in a bad mood. Uh, yeah, so the Bruce Brown thing drove me nuts because Durant, who sucked all night long shooting-wise. I mean, he was great defensively. He was rebounding the basketball. But KD was trying to shoot through his problems. And I have no problem with that. He's an all-time great. And down the stretch of this game, him and Chris Middleton are going at it, and it's a, it's a battle. And when he hit that three to put him up by three, I, like everybody else, think, <laughs> all right, we're going to win this game because Kevin Durant is on our team. That was my thought. I think that's the last bucket they scored. And until the desperation three at the end of the game, I think that was the last shot KD took. So, you know, he finishes the game shooting under 40%. Kyrie had a terrible first quarter, picked it up in the second order during their comeback. Joe Harris was awful. And look, I know I defended him taking that open shot. If Joe Harris is on the floor, and that's a decision Steve Nash made, which, look, who, who should have been on the floor if it wasn't Joe? It's not like Landry Shamit was shooting the ball well. It's not like Mike James was shooting the ball well. He never went to a guy like Tyler Johnson who never got off the pine. So if Joe Harris is on the floor and he's one for 10 from the field, but he has an open look inside the perimeter, look, he's got to take the shot. I get it. But Joe Harris was awful in this game. He hit that 1-3. It must have been during their run in the second quarter that got, got them back in the game. But outside of that, he didn't miss his shot. He didn't make a shot. He was one for 11. Look, there were three guys that were worth it tonight. Obviously, Kyrie and KD weren't their best. But look, they still had their superstar moments. And Bruce Brown until the final couple of minutes of the game. And he missed a couple of floaters late. Mr. Automatic late in the game started missing floaters. And look, this is all you need to know. If the Milwaukee Bucks want you taking those shots then that's a problem. And that's exactly who they want the ball in the hands of. And what killed me about this late is that Giannis had his moments in the fourth quarter. He actually hit a three. He walked in with three. He actually had the sequence where he had a couple of free throws down the stretch, or not down the stretch, but early in the fourth quarter. But he was a non-factor for the most part in the final five minutes of this game. This was Chris Middleton, which is what I know it has to be for the Bucs. So it's not like Giannis really stepped up in the final few minutes of this game. Brooke Lopez stepped up. I know Brooke wasn't hitting shots, but how many shots did he block in this game? How many shots did he alter in this game? The Bucs didn't get anything from their bench. It's not like Bryn Forbes woke up. He missed all four of his threes. Look, this was, this was a slog. This was, I think uh, Van Gundy called it a rock fight. This was a rock fight. 
And what sucks is that when you go behind by as much as the Nets did early, they're down 30-11 to at the end of one quarter. They're down by 21 in this game, and you fight back the way you do. And you make this a close game quickly. I mean, literally by, I'd say, the eight-and-a-half-minute mark of the second quarter, this was a one-possession game. So it's not as if you fought back and finally climbed that mountain in the fourth quarter. You erased that deficit quickly. The second quarter for you was the opposite of what happened in the first quarter. It was basically the tale of two quarters. It felt like, oh, we're going to win this game. KD's done nothing. We spot them a 21-point lead, a game they have to win. Drew Holiday's doing nothing. We're going to win this game. But the problem is nobody stepped up outside of the Stars. You know, the reason why, or part of the reason why they beat the crap out of the Bucs in the first two games wasn't just because Durant's great, wasn't just because Kyrie is great, it was because the other pieces stepped up. Blake was awesome, Brown was awesome, Mike James played well, and I think I said this on the Drive Home podcast, or I don't know, maybe I said it to myself, what the hell do I know, but role players suck on the road for whatever reason. Now, luckily, it's not as if the buck roll players stepped up in this game. They didn't. But the Nets production that they got from some of the bit pieces in the first two games of this series wasn't here in game three. Now, look, as I try to calm myself down, they're up to one. The pressure is still on Milwaukee. I understand all that. I, I get all that. I'm not an idiot. I understand. But they had a chance to go up 3-0 tonight. They had a chance to take this series by the balls. And for a couple of dumb reasons down the stretch, they didn't. With a minute to go, up by three, with the best player on the freaking planet on your team, you got to close them out. And Durant didn't get another shot after that three. That's the killer. I, I know he did, the final prayer, which, which actually almost went down. So technically, he did get a shot. But think about it. After he hits that three to go up by three, look at their final three possessions of the game. Look what happened. You have the Joe Harris wide open miss. You've got the broken play on the terrible inbounds pass in which Bruce Brown all of a sudden says, hey, look at me. I'm Bruce Brown. I'm going to take it to the basket. And then obviously, you've got to you got to settle for a prayer. That's the bottom line. This whole thing sucks. I think Bruce Brown also missed a floater before that. So he actually took two shots down the stretch of this game. Because after Middleton threw up that air ball, again, they had the basketball up by a point. And Bruce Brown's taking a floater. I don't want to say it ruined everything he did in this game. But Jesus Christ, you Bruce Brown! I love you, pal, but you can't be taking two of the biggest shots of this game. I really don't have anything to add. I'm in a pissy mood. That's it. That's all I got to say. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast. Now, don't text me, okay?